when TPT Forward 2024 was announced and they said that there would not be a virtual version of the conference for this year. I know there were many teacher sellers that were bummed out because they may not be able to make it to San Diego for one reason or another. But I think this is a blessing in disguise because there is a completely virtual conference that did so fantastic last year. It was easily one of my favorite conferences, and that is the Teachers Sellers Summit. The great thing about this is that it also takes place in the summer. This is from June 27th through the 30th, and if of course, it's all online. You have not only pre-recorded sessions, but you also get live events. So what I wanted to share with you about right now is information about this Teacher Seller Summit and how you can level up your business from the comfort of your own home. There are sessions about perfecting your product listings, creating print-on-demand workbooks, opening up your own shop, and diversifying your income streams. But not only that, you can also connect with successful teacherpreneurs and industry experts to take your TPT or teacher business to the next level. Here's what's in store. You have in-depth sessions about mastering key business skills both on and off TPT with insights from experienced speakers, a variety of networking opportunities where you can connect with business owners worldwide, swap ideas and learn from each other's successes, practical tips and strategies with actionable techniques to succeed whether you're just starting out or you're aiming higher. And additionally, there are live Q&A panels, a private podcast for on-the-go learning, and so much more. I'm presenting at this conference, and my session is about three keys to a successful TPT store brand. So you may be wondering, what does this cost? What's the investment on this? And there are early bird tickets available through April 30th for $99. And you can save nearly 25% by just purchasing in the month of April. But if you're listening to this and it is past April, but not yet June, so May and June, you're listening to this, you can still purchase tickets to this conference for $129. You will get a 90-day pass to all 40 sessions, live Q&A panel discussions, virtual hangouts, co-working spaces, private podcast. If this sounds like something you're really interested in, you can check out my affiliate link in the description where you're listening to this episode. I hope I can see you there. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Hey there, listeners. I have a question for you. Is product creation feeling a little bit overwhelming for you? I definitely know the feeling. You are not alone. Or maybe you might have systems that you currently are using that aren't white up to shape and it's taking you much longer to upload finished resources. Well, if you're listening to this, you're in luck because today I'm going to be sharing with you my own process of creating TPT resources. You can snag some ideas from this episode and make it your own or use the whole process yourself. So let's go ahead and dive in. Listening to the Creative Teacher Podcast, a show for busy teachers looking for ways to engage, inspire, and make an impact inside and outside of the classroom. 
I'm Kirsten, a full-time classroom teacher and part-time business owner who is all about simple and actionable tips, strategies, and resources that result in wins, big or small. Tune in each week as I give you my best advice on classroom teaching and starting and growing a teacher business. If you're looking for that extra spark of creativity, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in together. All right, so we are going to go into my fail-proof system of creating resources from start to finish. I'm going to go ahead and tell you the steps right now, and then I'm going to go into more detail as we go through the episode. So step one would be to have a plan. Step two is outline your resource. Step three, create the content. Step four, revise and edit your content. And step five, prepare to publish. So those are the five steps. You might already be using these steps, but I'm going to go into detail about how I work in each step. All right, going back to step one, have a plan. Think about how often you want to create resources, and this will all depend on where you're at in your TPD journey. So if you're new, you might need to focus on product creation. But if you're more established or you have a ton of resources, you might need to focus on product revision. You know, there's so many other factors because it could be that you're a full-time teacher and you may not have time to commit to a ton of product creation right now, but In general, if you are maybe not having a lot of products out there, focus most of your business on adding more products. Think about what's selling well. If you've been in your store for a while, you should have some data about what has been selling in your store for a number of months. Then you would use that data to drive instruction, just like you would with the classroom. Whatever data you have for assessments that your students take, use the data to drive instruction. If you see a certain standard or objective that's really low that a lot of students missed, of course you're going to continue reteaching or working again with that standard. In the same way, if you see a resource that's really doing good, you know, on the flip side, we're doing very well in your store, you want to continue on that path to targeting more resources, creating more resources that are similar to what does really well. Then if you see any that don't do very well, there's always a time to take a look at why it's not doing well and how you can fix that. All right, next you're going to think about any standards or goals you have for your specific resource. What do you want students to accomplish? Is it just going to be a fun little back-to-school activity or some type of really heavy curriculum that students can use throughout the year? Decide what goals you want and standards you want to use. You could use whatever your state's resources are. For me, I use Texas, so I go off of the TEKS resources, but maybe if you're in another state, you could use Common Core and decide which Common Core standards you would like for this resource to hit. Another part of your plan is deciding if you want it to be solely printable, digital, or both. If it's some type of classroom decoration, of course it may just be printable, but if you have another resource that you wanna create, maybe you could see what you can do to make it both digital and printable. 
since students are online and virtual and could be going from face to face to virtual at any time, it's always good to have a mix of both in some way for me, I think. Definitely make sure it is printable, a really good quality printable resource, but also have an option for teachers to make it digital or making it applicable for easel if you are not able to make a whole digital resource at this time. So have a plan of what you want to do, decide which products to create, use your data, decide what goals you have or standards you want to hit, and decide on if you want it to be a printable digital resource or maybe a combination. The second step of my process is to outline your resource. Easy peasy, right? But when I say outline, I recommend using paper, getting out a good old piece of notebook paper and outlining how you want your resource to be laid out. This is a great time to get messy, but as you're outlining your resource, decide what you want your students to do and maybe do the, are they going to be using graphic organizers? Are they going to be reading a story followed by some questions? Draw out on paper physically what your resource is going to look like from the borders to maybe where the clip art's going to be. Of course, you don't have to be exactly detailed, but just kind of have some sketch of how it's all going to be laid out. Another thing to think about is if you're doing a digital resource, how will that digital version look? So considering if it's going to be on Google Slides, are you going to have it in landscape mode or are you going to have it in portrait mode just like the printable version? Decide how it'll be all laid out before you even open up your laptop or computer. Step number three is to create the content. This can be done using PowerPoint or Keynote or Google Slides. I recommend whatever you do use that you create your printable version first and then the digital version second. The printable version kind of is the hardest part. It won't be as hard with your outlines once you have that all laid out. It does help to have your printable version already done and then you just kind of repurpose your content for your digital version if needed. So that's kind of what I would do is printable first and then I go into digital. Usually I make sure that my printable version is black and white or printer friendly and I do have some color in there too but my digital version I make full color and I just repurpose by copying and pasting the content in the printable version in the digital version as well as adding that color into it. Much more color than I would in my printable version. The main thing to think about is when you are actually going into PowerPoint or Keynote in Google Slides, you're not making up the content of what's actually in the resource. That should already be done in step two. So everything you're going to say from the directions to the actual content or questions, that needs to be done in your outline. The content, when you're creating the content, you're actually creating the resource. You are just taking what you already outlined. You might add on more detail depending on how short or detailed your outline is. But for the most part, you have pretty much everything laid out for you on your paper. 
that you're just transferring to your printable and digital version. In your creation process, you're also adding your clip art and your fonts and your borders and your photos. That's the time that you would be doing it. But it's less work for you because you've already outlined where your photos might be or where your clip art might be or what type of fonts you might be using. And then another thing to have is a terms of use page, which is outlining how teachers can use this resource. Maybe it's just for one classroom use, personal use, and cannot be duplicated or shared with other teachers. A thank you page would be added as well, just thanking them for downloading and purchasing the resource and other ways to connect, maybe social media or through a blog or a Pinterest account, whatever you might have that you would link in there. You could also use that to add similar recommended resources and make it clickable as well. Step number four would be to revise and edit the content. After I've created my content, I usually kind of let it sit. I take a day or two off and then I look back at the resource again to see if there are any errors, to edit my content if necessary, misalignment that might be happening, but I kind of take the time to spruce it up and change around some things if needed. So it's always good to have a fresh set of eyes for this step. So do not do step three and four in the same day. Try not to do that. You'd be surprised you know, how many times I have seen mistakes while I'm editing or looking through it. Sometimes I even print my resource and go through it there and kind of go through the resource as a student would, and I find mistakes there. So you never know what you might find through that revising and editing process, so do not skip it. And then step number five would be to prepare to publish, prepare to get your listing in order. We're not thinking about product covers yet or thumbnails yet. We are just getting ready to publish the actual resource. So during this step, I make sure to save all my slides as PNG files. I save it in PowerPoint. I use PowerPoint to create my resources, but I go to file export and then I save as a PNG file. I always use PNG versus a JPEG file just because PNG files are higher quality. Then during this step, if I do have a digital version that I've created, I would upload that digital version to Google Slides or Seesaw or whatever digital platform I'm using. I make sure with Google Slides, I have a link and make a forced copy. Another thing to think about when you're preparing to publish is to make sure to flatten and secure your resource. You can easily do this by using Flat Pack by Bearwood Labs. I highly recommend it. They have this for both Macs and PCs. And I'll try to make sure to link that in the comments. But Bearwood Labs has a easy way to flatten and secure your resources with just a click. And it is such a time saver. But if you don't have Flat Pack, Another way to flatten and secure would be through Adobe. There is a upgraded premium version, or you can save everything as PNG files, create a new PowerPoint, and then from there you would upload each page as a new slide. That's the longer version, but it still works. I did that for a long time. So it's not something that I definitely discourage. You can definitely do that. 
But if you want to save time, I definitely recommend using Flatpak or even Adobe, the premium version. Then if needed, as I prepare to publish, if I have multiple files, maybe I have a separate file for the printable version and digital version or the terms of use or any other graphics that I have added in that resource, I set it up as a zip file. So I set up everything I need in the whole file all together and I zip it up together. Usually with my MacBook, I can just click on the different documents that are going to go in the resource and compress it together in one folder. And that's just how I set it up as a zip file. So if you have a one PDF, then that's easy. But if you have multiple files, you want to make sure you add it all in a zip file. All right. So there's my process for you when I create this whole process that I have for you time wise really depends on the bulk of the resource. I have some resources where I can easily do it in five to six hours or three to four hours. Some I might have to do over a course of a week. Regardless of how long it takes me, I go through the same steps. Have a plan, outline my resource, create the content, revise and edit, and prepare to publish. All right, so here's my creative action tip for you. I want you to try some or all of this process with your next resource or any of the tips that I shared with you today. Start with one resource at the time and then depending on your speed, you can add on. If you're going to do multiple resources using this creation process, make sure that they are similar so you'll be able to not work as long. Well, that's the end of this episode. I hope you got some really great tips on the creation process and hopefully got some insight on how I use my creation process when I'm creating my own resources. I will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Creative Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can also find me on Instagram at the Southern Teach. I cannot wait for you to join me in the next episode for more tips and inspiration. Have an amazing day. Are you looking for a way to grow your business without working too much harder than you already are? Do you want to optimize your limited time and see a real impact on your business efforts? Well, I've got great news for you because your data playbook can help you achieve all of these goals and then some. As a teacher, you know that the education market is super competitive and in order to succeed, you would have to stand out from the crowd and deliver results that really matter to your customers. But without the right tools, it can be kind of hard to know if what you're doing is truly paying off. And that's where your data playbook comes in. The membership is designed to help teacher sellers like you leverage the power of data-driven strategies. You can unlock valuable insights about your customers, your products, and your sales performance. This membership is packed with access to analytics tools and resources, personalized coaching sessions, and a community of like-minded teacher sellers who are also eager to share their insights and experiences. 
I totally believe that your data playbook can help you take your teacher seller business to the next level, but don't take my word for it. Check out the website to see what other teacher sellers are saying. I'd appreciate it so much if this is something you're considering to check out my affiliate link in the description. There are different membership tiers. So if this is something you're considering, you should definitely check it out. It's your data playbook and I hope you can join.